Warning, this is explicit content. There is talk of murder. There is trigger warnings for child death. And so please be aware if you continue onto this podcast, onto this episode, it is a true crime episode. Hi, this is Katrina. This is Sydney. And we are Murder of Death. Welcome back. We've missed you guys. So excited. I know. I've been super pumped about coming back. Um, you know, it sucks that we had to miss over the summer, but all three of us, which Chloe um, is not on today, um, but all three of us just have crazy lives. We all have kids. Well, Chloe doesn't, but um, she has four dogs, so it's the same. Um, it's the same. It's the same. So, like, Summer's just crazy. There's no routine. There's no schedule. Everybody's in different places. So now we're back to school. Now we're back to murder obsessed. We're back to school, which makes me murder obsessed. Same. Same. All right. So I'm super excited about the lady that I am doing as our welcome back. Um, A dude on TikTok, which in the show notes, I'll put his URL because he deserves the, the recognition. Um, I can't at this moment remember who it was because it was like three months ago. Um, but he did, it was like this dude and he was like yelling the story, like really funny and <laughs> was telling it. And I was like, no way. I've never heard of this chick. This is like, okay. It's, it's a murder. She like commits a lot of murders, but um, it kind of deserved it. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay. Wait, wait, before you judge me, before you come at me, let like, let's hear this story. Okay. So. This is about Grand Princess St. Olga. Right? Olga. That's probably why she was murder obsessed. She sounds like someone murder obsessed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So. So the first thing that I have to say is this happened long, long, long ago. Okay. Like Viking long ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know me. I love my Viking. So part of it is a lot of it occurred before they started writing that their history down. And so you like, you have to take it and understand that it's a little bit legend. It's a little bit myth and it's a little bit true. So like a lot of things she, I mean, she did a lot of things obviously because she was wrote about, they like wrote about her, um, some of it has been, you know, fantasized and buffed up, um, a little bit of folklore, but I'm going to tell it to you. Um, it's kind of like my, um, the life of Pi, you know, in the end, you choose what you, what you think. Do you think that this is all legit? I do because women are crazy. Um, this but- is an inception type yeah. story. <laughs> True story. All right. So it's a strange historical twist that the first Russian, and I've got my little bunny quotes, woman to be canonized in the Orthodox Church was a Viking warrior princess who spent much of her life as a pagan. 
Olga earned her sainthood by becoming the first member of the House of Rurik. Did I say that wrong? Don't come at me. I'm sorry. It is the dynasty that ruled Russia, European Russia, and parts of Ukraine and Belarus for more than seven centuries. Okay, that is 860 to 1598. And she um, she became the first member of the House of Rurik to convert to Christianity. Okay, so Olga is the only woman for whom we possess significant biographical details in the written sources for the Kiev and Rus period of Russian history, which is the 806, 860s to 1240s. Okay, so in this time period, um, pretty much they were only talking about men, because you know men are the only important ones. But she stands out because she was she was written about. Like they like know about her. She has a biographical um, book. Ooh. Yeah. So for nearly two decades, Olga ruled the rapidly expanding kingdom of Kiev and Rus, which received its name from its capital, Kiev, on the middle Dnieper, which I know I butchered that because there's way too many consonants in that word, river, as regent. All right. So what I'm going to say, I'm going to start the story with how she came to be where she was at. So Olga joined the Rurikid family when she married Igor in 903. She was born in Piskov, P-S-K-O-V, a major town near Lake Papis, which is on the Estonian-Russian border in 1890. Olga's not mentioned again until 942, so like almost 40 years later, when she gave birth to Igor's son, Sivat Olaslav, at the rather mature age of 52. Okay, so even modern days, a 52-year-old woman having a baby is like, whoa. But them Viking yeah. women, them Viking women were like another breed, okay? They had the, the yeah. Valkyries, the shield maidens, like them Vikings, you didn't, mm -mm. you didn't think he's going to get no weak woman. She'd cut you right in half and have a baby at 52. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, so what happened was her husband, Igor, was a, um, he was a lord of over this village. So like, the village had smaller villages inside of it. And he was like ruler over the set of villages, which will make more sense if I go on. So in 19, or I don't know why I keep saying 19. It's just, I'm not used to a three number date, you know? That's, that's <laughs> um, like, I don't feel like I'm completely unintelligent or just completely deaf. But when you get into like BC and AD, and I'm a Christian. So, like, I understand that, like, I'm like, what? What are you talking? What? Yeah. So, like, we're in 2022, and we're talking about something that happened in 945. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, in 945, Igor and the men of his retinue, his posse, desiring a higher standing of living, extorted an unusually large tribute from the Derevlians, a Slavic tribe living in the marshes and forests south of the Pripyat 
river. Dissatisfied even with the extraordinary amount collected, Igor decided to return back for more. Upon learning of his imminent arrival, the Derivalian leader, Prince Mao, cautioned his men. If a wolf come among the sheep, he will take away the whole flock one by one unless he be killed. If we do not thus kill him now, he will destroy us all. Igor was then duly ambushed and killed. The actions of the Derivalians were a logical reaction to Igor, Igor's initiative. He had already collected the annual tribute, returning for more tribute so soon violated tradition, and Igor had lost his legitimacy by contract with his tributary subjects. Okay, so Igor did do wrong. He, he came, you know, it was standard for the rulers over certain places to extract taxes. Like that's been, that's always been. So he, you know, he comes for the annual, which he had already made more than normal. Left. But he's like, so he, he's made more than normal, but he's coming back to get just what he would get anyway. Yeah. And so the tribe was like, nah, we're just going to kill you. So the, the rear kid family control, which was Igor's family, teetered on the brink of collapse. Igor's successor, Savialatsoslav, which I'm ruining that name, I know I am, was a mere toddler, necessity, necessitating that the widow Grand Princess Olga become regent. Immediate action had to be taken against the Derivians since they threatened both the realm and the dynasty. Olga's handling of the rebels, known as Olga's vengeance, constitutes one of the most colorful episodes in Eastern Slavic history. All right, so this is what she does. <laughs> so she's mad that they won't give her the money. No, she's mad that they killed her husband. She okay. is, like, she honestly, I don't think that she even really cared about the tribute that was Igor but they killed her husband and i i don't even know if it was the fact that she loved her husband or the fact that them doing that caused a threat to her family the all of it yeah okay okay i got you i'm, fo I'm following yeah so, so she's don't she's mad yeah and mad. i agree for definite just cause like man it doesn't matter how much money I've made. You still owe me this money. You're going to pay me this money. Yep. So, yeah. So, it gets real cray-cray. After laying Igor to rest under a large mound outside the Derivlian capital, their prince Mao decided to propose marriage to Olga with the aim of controlling young Saviatsoflav. So he kills her husband and then comes and says, hey, will you marry me? Hey, what's up, girl? How when I doing? read this, I had to reread that again. I was like, no, he did. Oh, no. No, he didn't. But yes, he did. The audacity of men shall never <laughs> cease to amaze me. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I swear I had to read that twice. I was like, nah, that's not what I just read. So anyway, so Olga met Derivlian the Derivlian embassy outside the gates of Kiev. Responding that she was intrigued by the proposal, but wanted to honor the delegation in a public ceremony 
the next day to which they would be carried in their boat. Duly flattered, the Derivlian retired to their camp. So she comes out of her city and meets them and says, you know, I really appreciate your proposal. Let's make this public. Let's do this publicly. So come tomorrow and we'll make a big deal about this. So they go to their camp outside the city and she goes back into the city. It is clear from this point that Olga had no intention of marrying Prince Mal. Upon her command, the Kievians spent the night digging a deep ditch in their city. The God. next day, yeah, yeah. The next day, the Dorilivlian embassy presented itself in sumptuous dress, demanding that they be carried in town aloft their wooden boats. According to plan, the boats were dumped into the ditch and the men were buried alive. So yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh, and we're not Olga's not done. Her vengeance is not done. <laughs> oh my. I like her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, listen, like she kills a bunch of people, but I'm also like, get it, Olga. Dang. Well, they killed her husband. I mean, they were part of, you know. Well, and that, and then on top of it to be like, hey, you want to get married? For power. Yeah, for power. Like. Anyway, so she's not done. Olga then sent word to Prince Mao, because this was just the, um, the people who came to ask was um, like an embassy. Like it wasn't Prince Mao, he sent people. So he didn't even have the gumption to come propose himself. He sent someone to go ask. So she sent word to Prince Mao requesting a company of his best men to accompany her to um, the Dorilian capital. So she's like, hey, send some people, come get me, and we'll come, I'll come to you. Unaware that his first embassy had had its gruesome demise, he complied with the wishes of his future bride. When the best men of Derivia, now granted, she asked for his best men. So I'm assuming that that means his best fighters, his, you know, his best men that he would count on the most. Right. So he sent them. So when they came, I know. No question of, well, where are all these other people that I just sent? I know, I know. Like, but he didn't. So I so think, I think that maybe um, the the second head, you know how men have two. I think that one might have been taken <laughs> over and doing the thinking, and you know he was like, oh, I, like. We're on the same wavelength because do you know that I would never sing that song because I don't speak like that. But you know that it plays on TikTok a lot. I'm just thinking with my, you know yeah. that song? Yeah. That's all I hear when you said, he's just going to send the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they come and she approaches them at the gate of the city. And she says, you know, like in Lamas, I'm Y'all stink, you're gross from the road. Go to the bathhouse, make yourselves presentable, and then I will meet you. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. They go in the bathhouse, and she has her men barge it, lock the doors, and burns it to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Olga's not done. Oh my gosh. I know, man. She just gets, I mean, it just gets wilder. Each, each time I'm like, oh, snap. 
Olga then sets out for the Darylian capital, Iskorosten. As she approaches the gate of the city, the grieving widow asks to hold a funeral feast at Igor's burial mound. Still oblivious to the fate of the embassy sent to Kiev, the Darylians happily join her in a great feast, at which copious amounts of adult beverages were consumed. When full inebriation ensued, Olga and her army slaughtered more than 5,000 drunken Darylians. So she literally got them drunk and killed them like 5,000 men all i can think of right now is the red wedding episode of game of thrones straight up straight straight up. Up. just hey y'all now i'm gonna kill you yeah yeah so yeah but it, she's still not done the next year she invaded the land of derivia and in a final battle she lays siege to Iskorosten. This is, okay, I love a Viking and I love a Viking woman because she led them men. She was right there fighting with them and made it all the way to the capital. After a year, the Derivlians offered to pay tribute, but they did not have any honey or furs on hand. So what could they offer her? Because remember, I mean, she's been fighting. She has been laying siege to these men. They ain't got nothing. So they're like, what can we give you to stop? We will give you anything to stop. So Olga requests three pigeons and three sparrows from each household. Okay, cool. I read that and I was like, okay, weird, but okay. But okay. Uh, yeah, but she's thinking, she's thinking. Upon their receipt, her men attached rags dipped in sulfur to the feet of each bird. When the birds returned to their nest, they lit the city on fire and the Derivlians perished in their homes. She has really put some thought into this. She, I mean, seriously, like, she's like, okay. So they're finally, they're like hands up surrendering, waving the white flag. They're like, what can we do? <laughs> We're sorry, please, dear God, stop. And she's like, okay, give me some birds. And they're like, okay, we'll give you every damn bird in the city. And she's like, okay, okay, thanks. Here's your bird back. They're going to light you down on fire. Good Lord. I know. I was like, this woman, man, she was not taking any of that. Mm-mm-mm. Um, and also, I should have mentioned this earlier. Um, Igor was kind of killed pretty bad. Hey, they didn't just, you know, like shoot him in the heart and let him die peacefully. Oh, no. Um, it's found in the 10th century Byzantine source written by Leo the Deacon, who said that Igor was captured by the Derivlians, tied to tree trunks, and torn in half. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah. So some say, some say, you know, those, those naysayers. They say that Olga's vengeance is more of a literary allegory, um, reenacting a Scandinavian pagan mortuary ritual. So first, the burying alive of the embassy in their boats is something that the Vikings did. They, um, they would bury their Viking ships, have a, a ship burial, which um, the deceased was often in the boat 
with the ritual sacrifice. The burning of the embassy in the bathhouse reenacts the ritual cleansing by fire. You know how sometimes they would set the boat out on the water and they would, you know, burn it to the ground. Well, not to the ground, but burn it. Um, and the slaying of Olga's army represents a funeral feast and an attendant sacrifice. And then finally, Yeah, I don't know about the birds. I think the um, what I read about the birds was that they think that that was just added to um, pump up her story because that kind of um, story has been seen in other um, like other cultures, other places. Is said that people have done this, so kind of like a urban legend where you know somebody knows somebody that knows somebody <laughs> that whatever. But yeah, I mean it did happen in like 942. So a lot's not sure. known, so yeah. what if? Now, this is only half of Olga's story. The other half of her story is when she traveled to Constantinople and she took the historically momentous steps as the first rear kid to convert to Christianity. Now, a lot of this, um, so there's a funny little story about this and I'll share it. So when she came to Constantinople, Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII was so struck by her beauty and intellect that he remarked that she was worthy to reign with him in the city. So once again, using that second head, think about, you know, he was mm -hmm. like, oh, she hot, I want her. Olga replied that it was not possible since she was a pagan and he was a Christian. And that if he desired her, she had to be baptized but he had to perform the function himself. Otherwise she would not accept baptism. So they did the baptism where the emperor has her, um, the emperor served as Olga's godfather. So after the christening, the emperor reminded Olga of his marriage proposal. And Olga, she, you know, she thought for a second and then said, how can you marry me after you yourself baptized me and called me your daughter? You know, for among Christians, that's unlawful. And you yourself must know that. So she outwitted the emperor because she was like, gotcha. Yeah. So apparently, according to the story, he was so impressed by what she did that he sent her home with gold, silk, silver, and various vases. So he was like, dang, girl, you smart. Take all my money. So her conversion was a really big deal um, because if, if you know anything about um, that time when a lot of Vikings were um, drawing that line of converting to Christianity, remaining a pagan, etc., cetera, um, it, was, it was a hard thing. Like when she did that, she kind of threatened her, her reign and threatened her position of power because, you know, she's ruler over these places, but they're not Christians. And um, a lot of them were pagan. Some of them were um, Slavs. Um, there was like lots of different um, parts of, you know, that it wasn't all just, you know, Odin and Thor. There was um, the Slavs had gods that were connected with fertility, the sky, cattle. Um, they had shamanism 
which was, you know, communicating with animal spirits. Um, the warrior elite was the cult of Perun, god of lightning, who was kind of like Thor. So when she happened, Christianity was, was slow. It was like a small minority. So among the warrior class, which is what she was a part of, um, there wasn't a lot of Christian Vikings. So um, when she, when her son came into the age, she tried to get him. And I think that she truly did um, shoot, convert. She did convert um, because she tried to get her son to convert. And he was like, um, no, because if I do, my men will laugh at me and they will not follow me. Which I mean, kind of understand. Like he's the leader right, right. of the warrior class, and he's saying, "If I do this, I'm going to lose their respect. Like I, they will not follow me." Make sure that I got everything that I need to tell you. There was just so much. Um, little cool tidbit um the son Sevilla Soslav was killed by Pitch and Eggs who celebrated the victory by making a gilded drinking cup from his skull oh yeah nice. I know I'm like ooh, I want to drink out of the skulls of my enemies <laughs> And I think I have told you everything you need to know about Olga. Let me see if there's anything I've missed. I just, I thought it was super cool. Um, like I said, I love Viking things. It's not cool to murder a bunch of people. Like, don't go do that. Even if you get super creative, like, you know, burning them alive in a bathhouse and burying them alive in a ditch and... <laughs> you know, lighting their house on fire with birds, like, just, I mean, don't do that now, but this was a long time ago, so we can, you know, yes, we can admire from afar. We can. I think that was a really freaking cool story. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I said. Like a revenge story. Yeah. It's all a story. It's not just a, a crazy person that went out and killed people yeah. she was saying you can kill people for revenge or in the name of love or whatever I'm just saying I agree and it's also like part of me that that likes the story is I feel like she had to be that vicious because she was a woman you know yeah. because when her husband was murdered they were on a you know a razor blade you know because she was a woman. She had a baby that was going to be ruler. And I mean, he immediately, Prince Mal immediately came for her like, all right, let's get married. So, yeah. <clears throat> she had to really prove herself. And I don't know. I, I think it was a really cool story, whether it's real or it's been embellished, which, you know, history, a lot of times people do like to embellish, but there's no harm in believing that she was just that wild and reckless and 
tore the place up. I like it. Me too. So we'll be back again next <laughs> week. I'm super stoked to get back into this. I love my true crime people. So stay listening, stay murder obsessed, but don't be like Olga and be obsessed with murdering people who have read your husband. Or no, don't do that. <laughs> All right, bye. Later.